Yo, 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 yo. We are back. Episode 1 1, episode 11. I love 11. You know what? I was born on the 11th. Um, we got a cool episode. You guys know who I am. I am Born Rebel, aka Zen. And I am once again welcoming you to Meeting of the Gold Mines. And yeah, we got some things to talk about. Uh, the title of this week's episode is Hardwood to Hollywood. We are talking about the GOAT of sports films. Also going to talk about the um, Hollywood strike. We got a special guest that's going to be with us later, Miss Monique Henry of What We Watch. That's going to be a great conversation. But before we get to that, you, you know, we have to speak about the only team in Los Angeles worthwhile of a conversation and a podcast. It is the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, I got my fellow gold mines with me uh, today. And shit, we even got the newest member of the fam uh, joining us. Um, so let me introduce them. He is the fan of the 0-2 Bengals. Mr. Playoff Mode, you can find. Oh, yes, people. There's a reason why I said that. We are we got some we got an announcement to make. But like I said, he is the fan of the Owen 2 Bengals. He is playoff mode. You can find him on the Twitter at RetroD3X. Playoff. How you doing, brother? How's your Bengals doing? Uh I think I'm doing better than the Bengals are. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, uh gotten off to a rough start, but the season is young, so uh, they started off only two last season and got to the AFC Championship. Obviously, you don't want to start the season, you know, like that. Um, what's worse is it, it looks like Burrow may have uh, tweaked his uh, calf injury that he was dealing with previously. So, hoping you know he's going to be able to play. But um, you know, I'm you know I, I'm I'm good. Like I said, sucks to see him be zero and two, but I'm still I'm still confident in the squad. So. But happy to, hey, be here at least talk, you, happy to be here chopping it up. At least you have the highest paid player in the history of the NFL, so you can feel good about that. Um, yeah, we got, we got that going for us. So, hey, he, small he is he has small victories. Small hey, victories. He, he he's been he's been gone for a minute, but he is back like cook crack. You can find him at chasing number. With the A, not an ER, because ER is wrong. 18. He is a huge fan of the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and, and he holds that record with great pride. It is the context king. What's up, my brethren? Wagwan, how's your how's your Vikings doing? Man, we we're probably the best 0-2 team you're ever gonna see. Because absolutely uh, goodness gracious. Oh there's 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 piles of context to go into that 0 2 record, which we're not going to get into now. But yeah, um, we'll, you know, we'll be- you know who you are. You're the guy that lives in the penthouse of the projects. That's who you are. You live in the penthouse of yeah, the projects. Yeah, I mean, you got it. You, it's always, it's always a method to the madness. So. Always a method to the madness. Hey, but this guy right here, he is sitting pretty. He is the. He is the king of mediocrity when it comes to this football thing. He is at KBBRWN22. 
and he is a huge fan of the one and one Raiders. What's up, KB? You are the coach of Purple and Gold Mines. What's up, man? There's only one team. I do not celebrate Vegas, but it is what it is. Uh, we're one and one. Um, doing pretty good. We're sitting at one and one. We got, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that. We lost to the Bills. Nothing else to put to that. We lost. Uh, very bad loss. Uh, if anybody wants to go ahead and watch that game again, you be my guest. Um, but yeah, um, doing pretty good. Going pretty good. I know you're not talking to one too. Hey, hey, you know what's hey, hey, look, man, I can talk shit all I want, but let me just tell you how bad my week has been. So, about two weeks ago, I filed my transfer papers once again. This is my second time doing it from uh getting my transfer from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. I did it <laughs> the first time. I did it the first time in 08 with Favre, right? Filled out the paperwork, got us approved. All right, cool. And um, first quarter, first quarter, I, I think it was play number four. Yeah. So, yeah. so the 2010 um, Aaron Rodgers championship, you can't, you can't claim that. No, you're right. I cannot I cannot claim that because the year before I was burning everything uh green and yellow because I was a I was a Vikings fan for one one year. You know, uh I was a Vikings fan for one year. Uh oh, and then they, the irony. Oh guys. You're a Vikings fan. No, I was for a year, but then I got the transfer. <laughs> I got the transfer yeah. When you put in transfer papers, you're yeah. transferring your services to No, let me tell you let me tell you how I got my transfer papers back. Welcome aboard. Because sir. let me tell you how I got my transfer papers back to Green Bay on Madden cuz when I was playing like what? Madden 13. What? I was I I ran look, I ran three plays, okay, with Aaron Rodgers and he, his scrambling ability in Madden is underrated. So I put in my papers. I put in my papers, got them approved. And I was, all right, cool. But then I saw it. But then once last year came, I was like, oh, shit, got to get some new transfer papers. I had them on standby. Here we, like, now, now the fact that he was going back to the Jets, it made the transfer easy. Been here before. Already got it notarized in New York, so. How many transfers are you allowed within a season? Like when it comes to me, you cannot. You start with a team, you cannot leave them. Yeah. So 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 right now, right, <laughs> right now where it is, it's like I got the transfer papers right, but they said I have um I can't get it the stamp, like the ink is refilling and it doesn't and it's gonna stay empty. For like another um, fifteen weeks, so I can't get the new transfer for about another fifteen weeks. So, so you're, stu- uh, you're stuck in the transfer portal right now. You, you yes, yes, I am way. stuck in the transfer portal. <laughs> I am stuck in the train. I'm like, he went down, and I'm just. And the sad thing is, I went to get something to drink. I went to get some something to drink. Like I want to get something exactly. to drink. And the season, the season was over that quick. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait. Oh, I came back and I was just like, wait, hold on. 
And yeah, he, he went. The funny thing is, a lot of people picked the Jets to win the Super Bowl, and now they're all into. Man, he went from waving the American flag. They did beat the Bills. He went from waving the flag to waving bye bye within two minutes. Mm. Right. Yeah, so it's uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. But look, we got more football talk coming up soon. But in Lakerland, hey, you guys already know it's off season. We are waiting for. I think we were about at the time of the training recording. Camp. We're we're about twenty days away from training camp. 21 days, uh, media day is mm-hmm. coming up soon. So, you know, we're about to turn the corner. Not much news going on, but a couple things. Uh, the Vandalorian, he got an extension, four years, 48 million. Um, start off with KB. KB, uh, what you thought about it? I'm glad we just keep locking up these youngsters uh, so we can uh, know a lot of uh, Braun fans ain't in here. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, uh, anybody else who we chat with. We are gearing up for LeBron to not come back, and I am fine with that. The younger you get, the better it go. So I'm fine with that. Um, I'm just glad we're locking up younger players. What I am scared of is, I think we mentioned this already, Zim, when we talked about this in previous recordings. I don't want to talk like we're going to trade these young players for another guy. I don't want to think like that yet. I just want to focus on the season because the season hasn't even started yet. Me and King have also had that conversation as well. But where I'm at with that is got him on a good contract, four years. Um, it's dope, good price, um, a lower price than what I thought we were going to sign him at. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it can get better than that. So bring on LeBron James uh, vacation camp, whatever that camp's called. I call it a freaking a Boy Scout camp because all they do is freaking do bomb and shit. Yeah, there you go. Yep, same All David. right. Well, to the beach. Um, King, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the four-year extension? Hey, good, good number. Um, Rob Palinka is is um getting a lot of he's getting all of his signings at a manageable. I'm I'm not thinking about trade stuff. I mean, we have so many people come in our spaces and talk about oh, they have so many contracts to trade, and they they have these pieces they can put together for this package and. We all know that that's the lake away. Uh, we like to get young assets, package them together, and trade them off for stars. Um, I think this is going to be a turn, and I think Anthony Davis is the star, the only star that they really are going to need, and they're going to try to turn Austin Reeves into a star. I think he's the next one. Um, with Rui, I know he doesn't have that star level, but he's Japanese. Uh, he, he gives them another audience. So, yeah, Um I think this is going to be the core, at least for the next four or five years. So, yeah, just adding adding Vando to the list is just uh, putting another young player that can really um, excel at, his, at, at at what we need him to do. Yeah, look, I'm with you. Um, playoff, how you feeling about this, man? Um, <clears throat> you know, excited. I mean, I think for the longest time, all the talk on social media was that genie bus was was cheap and so it's like you know all these moves that have been made in the offseason it's like you don't really hear that talk anymore how, how can anyone even open their mouth and begin to say that but um really excited for vando um i um mainly knew him before when he was on uh the timberwolves and he always seemed to 
to be a defensive player that could give LeBron some some issues sometimes, not completely stop him, but just kind of bother him a little bit. And I mean, when he got traded to the Lakers last year, <clears throat> um, he was definitely our best wing, you know, wing defender. And it was something that the Lakers had sorely been missing for for a while. And so um, happy that he's locked up. I you know kind of seen like the chatter going around with maybe like ten for you know or forty over four years or forty four over four years. Um, but I think, you know, 48 over four years is not, it's not bad at all. Um, you know, really, you know, manageable contract. Uh, it's disappointing because, you know, you see immediately a player gets signed or, um, gets an extension and there's a certain section of the Laker fan base that's like going to the trade machine and trying to figure out like, okay, hey, we can put this contract together, you know, put this player with this player and this player and package that for, for Kyrie or whoever it may be. And it's like, can we at least see what this team looks like to begin the year before we start talking about, you know, potential trades and all this other stuff. Um, but I'm just excited for the season to begin. And, you know, uh, I don't know if may, like later we'll be getting into like potential lineups, but I'm hoping that the extension kind of, gives weight to the idea that maybe Vando should be in the starting lineup. Um, but that's something that we can discuss in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, when it comes to potential lineups, I know, you know, uh, we'll definitely be doing deep dives into that um, closer to training camp, um, okay. you know, preseason. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I felt I felt good about it. I, um, first of all, $12 million, uh, pretty much, uh, that's close to the mid-level, like last year's mid-level exception. Um, Rob Palenka, you know, I think Vando was the last piece to the puzzle. And even, it wasn't something that we even had to take care of. You know, he could we could have let him go into free agency. One thing that I really do like that's so different from last offseason is, you know, last offseason, it was, you know, we had that $47 million player option hanging over our heads for uh, with the Westbrook's contract. And not to, you know, I'm not, don't want to relitigate the whole Westbrook and Lakers thing, but that contract, that $47 million option, limited what we could do. And it didn't give us really much leverage. Um, now it just feels like we have all the leverage. Um, now, when it comes to, I know, you know, you guys are saying, hey, um, let's just wait till we see what this team looks like. I'm with you guys all the way. One thing I will say though is that LeBron's going into year 21, even though he has a player option. You know, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going to have a year 22. I think that's a that's rough to assume on anyone. There's a potential huge changeover that might happen with the Lakers next year. Um, if LeBron decides to retire or, you know, one of the things he always said, if he, he wants to play with his son, we don't know if that, that, it, that will happen in LA. We don't know. So there's, if LeBron, if LeBron is no longer a Laker, um, then there's room for another superstar player to come in. We do have, we would be in a position with the assets with the first round draft pick that we could make a move if it comes to that. So at least we have options. I'm not saying that we need to 
start looking at trades now, but at least we have the options. That's something we didn't have before, and I and I definitely appreciate that. Hey, uh, you, you sound like all them people on Twitter. Well, I look, I'm just mindful of what could happen. Not saying I'm not going either <laughs> way, but uh, you know, we are a super star driven team, and um, you know, so we'll see how it goes. Um, something else that happened in Lakerland. Um, is you know so a couple days ago the legendary cap kareem abdul jabbar icon if you say he's the goat hey I'm, i will never argue against that but um he came out and made us some comments that he thought um oscar robinson was the greatest point guard ever and a lot of folks on social media was getting on him a lot of folk a lot of the folks that really scrape at the bottom of the barrel uh, in Lakerland was getting on him because he didn't say magic. Um, to me, Cap has the right to say whatever he wants. He won a championship with both. Obviously, he won five with magic. Um, he won one with uh, Oscar. Um, he has a right to say whatever the fuck he wants. He's earned that. No one should question it. Um, playoff. How you feeling about what Cap's... Do you agree with the comments? How you feeling about it? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? <clears throat> I mean, Oscar Robertson, um, I mean, he's a top 50 player. Um, he was in that list, correct, when they originally put it out? He's yep, in that yep. yep. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, I think um, Kareem, his opinion is above reproach. Like, you know, either either way. Now, obviously, he played for a longer period of time um, with uh, Magic, but you can't fault him for for going either way in that discussion, in my opinion. Um, I mean, a lot of people consider Magic, you know, obviously to be the greatest point guard of all time, but, you know, Oscar Robinson was, you know, he was talented in his own right. Um, And his name doesn't get as much notoriety as Magic does, um, but still, super talented player. Um, can't take anything away from him. So, I mean, <laughs> Kareem's opinion is his opinion. And so, you know, like, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't feel like there's any – I don't feel like, you know, it's a situation where, you know, like we saw, you know, Scotty weigh in on the GOAT debate between LeBron and, and MJ. And I feel like, obviously, he has an agenda kind of based on the, the, the issues that he has with MJ that, you know, I guess they still need to figure out. But – it doesn't feel like his opinion is agenda driven at all. It's just, that's just how he feels. Um, so, you know, re- respect his opinion. Um, and if you, you know, you disagree, you know, just disagree respectfully. Like, you know, so. King, where you at with uh, Cap's comments? So first, let me preface this question with asking a question. How old is Kareem? I think he's 70, I want to say 75, 76, somewhere up there. So uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a legendary basketball player. Uh, Also known in basketball as a legendary person, a legendary thinker. Great guy. He's way off. (laughs) Hey. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. 
Um, if you want to find a number two, you're looking at guys like Stephen Curry, Isaiah Thomas. If you want to call Jerry West a point guard, you got all of these guys that you can that you can pull up, and you went with Oscar Robertson. So he is the first person to average a triple double in the season, which was something that was everyone thought was an untouchables of feet until Westbrook, you know, start popping them out like Skittles uh, right. about six, seven years ago. So, so how many how many people do you know that is going to put Russell Westbrook as a top three point guard of all time? I don't know anyone. So the thing that we're qualifying Oscar Robinson for doing was done almost quad almost triple the time because I think he has he has almost two hundred triple doubles. Um, Russell Westbrook does in his career. Averaged it almost, I think he averaged it for at least two seasons. So the thing that he did, so the the thing that we're um, kind of glossing um, Oscar for, uh, big triple-double guy, another guy did it for multiple seasons and has almost doubled his output of them, and we're going to put him number one. I just don't. No, nah, I'm not. I don't know. I don't think he's strictly basing his opinion off of the triple double. I mean, I think that's just a part of Oscar Robertson's game. And I understand why you're bringing Russell into the conversation, but it was such a different time back then when Oscar Robertson was actually doing it. And to bring, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a different game, obviously. It's a different time, but I feel like it's so much easier to get a triple double now than it was back then. Yeah. So there, but there's there's too many ways for you to quantify the greatness of these players, uh, especially if you're just going to look at Magic Johnson versus Oscar Robinson. It's not even close. Like I think I think Magic did probably everything better than him, and he's a five time champion. I don't think there's no way you can put them in the same boat. So, I, I yeah, go ahead, Ralph. No, no, I'm just saying I, I get where he's coming from, but I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna respect I'm gonna respect Kareem's opinion because I mean he knows he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll I'll ever know. But 100. That's why I said legendary player, legendary guy, <laughs> legendary thinker, but he's way off. <laughs> Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, King. You think Kareem was factoring in that those Lakers teams were more stacked than that Bucks team that won the um that won the championship in what seventy one? You think you think he's factoring in that? Okay, the Lakers had a better team, had more quality players. Do you also maybe suspect that it might be a, a little personal because we always hear about that friction between Cap and Magic? And, and that's another thing. Why does he have friction with so many players? What is? I think I don't understand it, and it could be it could be a, a combination of both things. 
It could be because of the friction as well as um and and that's something that i'm not going to do i'm i'm going to evaluate evaluate the type of player you are by your play i'm not going to do it you have you can factor in team and all that stuff but with less i think magic could have done more uh just because of his ability i think he had a better ability of uh decision making and vision and passing I think Oscar Robertson just um, maybe was chasing to do the triple double things a little bit more than Magic was. Look at the the centers and the the other players that um, that Magic had. Didn't have to. He didn't have to do all that other stuff. He had Kareem. He had other guys. AC. He had people that uh, that to, that were chasing that were getting the rebounds and they were a the Showtime Lakers were a get the ball and move it up. Showtime. They're, they're, they're moving fast pace. So Magic usually is defending the point of the, the other guard or he's defending the, the, the um their forward up at the wing, rebounds getting given to Magic, Magic takes it up. It's a different thing when you look at the, the, the squads as well. So yeah, you can KB. KB, where you at? Um uh he's entitled to his own opinion. <laughs> I don't when, when Kareem says what he says it's it's opinion based, very opinion based, and I just leave it at that. Like I can't yeah. I'm not gonna go ahead and question why is he doing that? We all have our own opinions of what we think or who's the best point guard of all time. I mean if you go on by statistics, you already have an answer for that one. If you go on by opinion, you're going by something else. For me, I'm a Laker, I'm a Laker fan. Um I'm not a stan. Um, so I will say this, I think it's, it's, uh, Magic Johnson based on what he, what he has done and what he has accomplished, but also it's just, I mean, just what he did with the game of basketball is just amazing. Like his passes, leadership, style, showtime. He is like, that's showtime. So, um, that's why I choose Magic Johnson in my own opinion. Um, but when, when Cap says he believes this and that, He's very facts. He's very opinion based, I think. And uh, well, Zen, based on what you told me and a lot of stuff that you that I learned from you from about Kareem, a lot of things he says, he's very like he's hard headed. Like he doesn't, you know what I mean? He believes in what he believes in, and that's it. Like there's nothing else. That's it. So, I mean, that's why when it comes to when Kareem says stuff like that, I'm like, I stun Kareem. I'm not. I don't stun him because if you if you talk about the greatest of all time. He'll probably call himself the greatest of all time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, so, hey, wait, yeah. He's one of the he's hey, he is one of three people that if he yep. says I'm the greatest of all time, I will mm-hmm. never argue it. So yeah, I think he, I, look, yeah. I, I think he's earned it. It feels a little personal. That, that's I what I'm trying to say. It feels a little personal, and perhaps maybe you know, maybe if he says, Hey, I think. Oscar's the best point guard, but I think Magic was the better player. Uh, he did come out now for, for context, because context is key. He did come out with the later statement where he was like, hey, he, Magic was my best teammate. We won five championships together. I love Magic. So he did come out with that statement. It would be wrong for us not to uh, mention that. Um, but uh, the initial comment... It definitely, obviously, that's what um, spoke. That's what was more amplified, and um, you know what? Um, he's entitled to his opinion. It just feels that perhaps 
there was more there's more to it you know there's more to it but uh yeah um you know hey th- those are legends can't go wrong either way i will say but uh speaking of going wrong cuz i don't know what the fuck is going on with the team in the bay area um golden state warriors um we're recording this on sunday as we always do um i think in the last day or two i think on the pre far friday there was reports that um former laker nba champion part of our 2020 championship squad uh someone who i feel should be in the top 75 but that's another discussion for another time and day mr dwight howard um He's going to be meeting with the Warriors next week. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Warriors is one of those teams that if you just look at, if you just look at the last, what, eight, eight years, they, they've gotten it right. You know, they've gotten it right. I know that's the rival, but, um, you know, they still have their nucleus, Steph, Clay, Draymond. They traded uh, Jordan Poole to, uh, to the Wizards, and they traded him for Chris Paul. I don't see the logic in it. Now, the Warriors <laughs> are saying that, oh, yeah, Chris Paul is going to be a, a starter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they're bringing in Dwight Howard. It sounds like, you know, a lot, a lot of the narrative and a lot of what's being said on Twitter, it looks like they're making them – they're doing what we did in the 2021-2022 um, season. Um playoff what the fuck are the warriors doing i don't see i don't see the logic yeah it's it's kind of hard to see um you know what what the the justification for the the actions that they've taken in the offseason um you know if you if you put chris paul in the lineup like what does that defense look like you know um kind of based on what I'm thinking in my head it looks like it looks like food it looks like food for uh especially the Lakers um but <clears throat> I don't know man I I don't get it you know I think you know obviously they had the change in um GM the G, one GM stepped down now they have Mike Dunleavy Jr. I can't yeah, remember Bob Myers, yeah yeah Bob Myers yeah so I think we're we're kind of seeing um his philosophy uh, so far, um, I think Warrior fans, uh, they can try to um, try to justify it and make it make sense. But I think the majority of people on the outside looking in just can't really see how this team is going to mesh and the, how the Warriors are actually going to contend for a title this year. It's just hard to see it on paper right now. Um, and, you know... I know a lot of Warrior fans are hoping and praying that some sort of big move is around the corner, some sort of trade. I think that was what initially people were thinking when they when they traded for Chris Paul because of the inflated salary that he's making. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can pull off a move. Who, who knows? But uh, if things stay as they are, I just I, I don't really see them being a contender for a championship unless Steph is just nuclear the entire season but um but yeah that that's that's what i'm thinking so far king oh 
so if it's if you're looking at it as a whole, um, yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm. They lost the Vincenzo. Yeah. Um, they bring in Chris Paul. They lose Jordan Poole. So you lose losing Poole and DiVincenzo, losing both of those guards that I mean DiVincenzo I think was solid. Uh Jordan Poole had his moments. Um he's kind of like a sour patch where sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um and then you bring in Chris Paul, who has been hitting a rough patch as far as injuries go, getting a little bit longer than two. So defensively, like playoff said, it's not gonna be as good as he used to be. Um and then you're trying to bring in Dwight Howard, which I don't think it's a bad move, um, depending on how you play him. Uh, I think Dwight Howard can kind of seamlessly fit into any type of role because he can, he can be your enforcer, your tough guy. Um, if you need him to go get you a 15-point game, he can go do that as well. Um, he sets solid screens, uh, box out, good rebounder, block shots. Um, so... I don't think it's a bad move, him going there. I think he just wants to get back in the NBA. Um, and I think I don't if the if the Atlanta Hawks wanted him, I think he would go. He wants to get back in the NBA so bad that he's even kind of jumping out the window with the USA comment that he made where he's like, if you don't, if you don't pick me for your team, I'm gonna go to Taiwan and drop 45 on you. So uh yeah, he just wants he wants to get back in the NBA. That's really it. And I, I think the the Warriors fit would not be terrible. Look, I'm going to get to KB in a second. I feel about I feel better about the Dwight Howard um, potential move than I do with Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah like, like Chris Paul and Steph, that backcourt will be the worst defensive backcourt in the league. Like that is like cooked food all day. Then you pair. Then you add that. Then you add a, a Clay Thompson, who is definitely not the defender he used to be. Um, you can you can argue probably not even the shooter he used to be. He's still very good. Don't tell. Um, uh, Draymond, you know Draymond uh, as well. That you know. Okay, yeah, he's still productive, but I just don't see it now, Dwight. I think Dwight um, could be is a solid backup. Um, I don't think he's a starter anymore, but can he give like some valuable minutes? Um, I just don't see what the Warriors are. They're getting they gotten older while we've gotten younger, and they still got that other team in uh, Northern California, about ninety minutes away in Sacramento. Yeah. Um, they still got at the Clippers. I think the Warriors going to end. The, I think Warriors are going to have the worst regular season record in California next season. 100%. Um, I, I, you know, it's going to have to be one of those things that, like, I'll, I'll put it like this: If Steph goes down, not saying we want that to happen, but if for whatever reason Steph goes down for a significant amount of time. The Warriors as constructed is a lottery team. True. Yeah. No, absolutely. And KB, will you see any you see any uh vision in what the Warriors are doing? You are you get like help me out, man. Uh, I mean, what I see is 
them getting a guy who's way past his prime who wants to run the show when they already have a guy who was running the show, a la Steph Curry. Um, but, I mean, that just puts into my, you know, prediction of who Curry really is, and it's a shooting guard. So, I mean, if you want to go ahead and put Curry in a shooting guard position and let Chris Paul pass all the, you know, give him all the pass for threes, that's fine. It's just the thing that I love about this, the Dubs team is you guys keep getting small, keep getting smaller. Keep doing it. Keep trading away players that can't play big and just play a Mighty Mouse team on three. You know what I mean? So that's – I don't really care for the dubs. I never have. I respect I respect uh, Stephen Curry's game, Draymond's game, Clay's game, what they've done as a dynasty. But, I mean, that dynasty's come to a close. Now, when people are saying all over on um, podcasts and spaces that Dwight Howard is going to be able to teach Kavon Looney something, what the hell are you going to be able to teach him? How to rebound that he's already doing? Like, uh, how to play defense that he's already doing? Like, I don't understand why people keep thinking somebody who is past their prime into White Howard when they probably should have got him probably the the year after he won the championship with the Lakers. Maybe that would have been a time to get him. But I don't know what they're talking about getting him now. He was playing in Taiwan, averaging 60, when, which I'm pretty sure you put Michael Jordan in, in Taiwan, he'll average 60. Like, come on, man. Like, we got to – when it comes to the dubs – it just kind of feels like they're grasping for straws at like right now. Like they haven't done anything besides get knocked out the second round. We played them. No disrespect. It's just a fact. And even when they played us, it showed that they need more bigs and probably youthful bigs, not old ones. Um, so them getting Dwight Howard is just helping the Lakers out. So please do keep getting, keep getting older. We'll keep getting younger and we can just, you know, see each other in playoffs and, and be another second or first round exit for y'all. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to help them in the end. That's where I'm at. Right. We we shall see. We shall definitely see. I, I don't get it. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. You know, fuck Golden State. Um, yeah, look, we are – look, you know, as much as we're looking uh, forward to basketball season, um, you know, in a few weeks, we are in the middle of football season – um, you know, what week two, um, it's week two right now. And, uh, college football has been back for, uh, a few weeks as well. And, you know, there's another purple and gold team. There's a purple and gold team in the NFL. Uh, those who are watching on YouTube, uh, King is pointing to his poster. Um, you know, he is a Florida state Seminole. So, hey, we're going to take advantage of it. Um, Purple and Gold Mines presents Cover Three. Uh, it's going to be our. It's going to be a new weekly. Um, every Wednesday, it'll be a new weekly um, football talk, strictly for YouTube. And uh, Cover Three, we got the guys here. We got you know KB playoff, and uh, and King. So, fellas, um, you know, King, start off with you. You know, your you know your NFL team is uh, the the Vikings, zero two. I would like to add, and your college team is Florida State. Uh, what uh, what can we expect from Cover Three with uh, you playoff in uh, KB? Yeah. Uh, so, um, of course, I'm the I'm going to be your middle high safety, just making sure everything everything stays in front of us. 
got the two DBs down there. Um, but yeah, so uh, just, just I mean, kind of want to center it. Of course, uh, we are PGM, so um, we we want to revolve it around the Vikings uh, to a certain aspect. Uh, but due to all three of us um, kind of coming together and doing this, we'll also we'll also revolve some shows around the Bengals. We'll also revolve some shows around the Raiders. Uh, and then we kind of going to cover the a blanket area of the league. Uh, we'll talk about whatever um, stories storylines are happening. Um, we'll kind of do a quick recap of each of the games, um, divisions, um, injuries, if they, anything like that happened. Of course, we had um, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, so, yeah, just basically like a blanket over uh, the NFL. We also probably are going to dabble a little bit in college. Of course, you see the Florida State National Championship in 2013 up there. I'm um, going to add another one this year. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about mostly um, our teams. Of course, we all also have college teams. My team, Florida State, you know that. Uh, playoff likes um, USC. Calm down. Calm down before you. Let's <laughs> see. And then we got KB, Van Wagon, Georgia. Um, but yeah, so Excuse yeah, we'll, we'll, we're gonna dabble in football um, and, and bring it to you. No, hey, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I think it's gonna be dope. You got three different. You guys all root for different squads. And Tag shit, in. KB, I'm tagging you in right now. Look, Tag. KB, I want to ask you a question. What happened? Um, what yesterday, happened? Georgia. Yes. Georgia went. Georgia Bulldogs went against yes. uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. It, it was much closer than people anticipated. Uh, and hey, we were watching the game. Uh, me, you playoff. Uh, King was in there. Like, uh, you know, what, what's up? What's up? What can we expect from Cover Three? And how how you how are your uh, your dogs are doing? Uh, well, what you can't expect for coming three is to get facts from three knowledgeable. Oh, well, yeah, three knowledgeable. Uh, you know, guys, when it comes to football, college and college football, um, you know, it couldn't just be about the Vikings because we just don't stand for that. So that's not gonna happen. Um, guy, we got other teams besides the Bengals. Uh, besides the Vikings, we have the Bengals and the Raiders. Can't really talk too much about my Raiders because they're not doing so well. So you know, I got to throw a little bit of shit on my team because they suck. Um, when it comes down to Georgia, the two-time back-to-back champs put some respect on our name. I don't know what that 2013 national championship is because it means nothing. But that's what you're going to be getting out of cover three. We're going to put reality into what is now. So, like, let's not do fantasy. Let's stay into reality, okay? So let's just do that. We're still number one in the nation. Uh, much respect to playoff and in South Carolina. Gamecocks, they definitely uh, woke us up because we thought we were in dreamland at first, and we had to wake up the second half. We did eventually. Um, but, I mean, Zen, playoff, and King, as y'all know, I'm real critical, critical of my team. I don't think this is a national championship team. If we end up do winning one, excuse me, that's, um, that's going to be because we actually evolved into something better. But as of right now, I don't like the way we're playing. I don't care for winning games. Um, like I said, uh, playoff, what you guys did in the first half, all it takes is a team that can just contribute first and second half, and we'll lose easily. So it's just something that, uh, yeah, for right. my Bulldogs, I'm not pleased. I'm glad we're number one in the nation still. But um, 
that game was a wake up call that uh, we're nowhere close, nowhere near close to where we need to be. But cover three will be amazing. I'm just glad I'm and honored I'm able to uh, get some knowledge from uh, other two other guys that um, you know I see as brothers when it comes to the sports stuff. So definitely glad and excited. Playoff, playoff. Where, uh, yeah, shit. Cover three, man. What what can we look forward to? Yeah, man, just excited to be a part of this. And, you know, um, I think my biggest role will be uh, revealing the truth about Kirk Cousins and, um, you know, who he is as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, And, you know, King obviously has his own opinions about that. So I'm sure, you know, it'll be a lot of back and forth. But, um, yeah, man, I just, you know, I just enjoy sports, uh, both basketball and football. You know, like you said, football season just started. The season is young. Um, you know, the Bengals, um, they're, they have lofty expectations coming into the season and it hasn't gotten off to a good start so far. Uh, but I think they, they're in a position um, to turn around if, if, uh, if they can, you know, kind of buckle down and, and the offense can kind of return back to – the form that it has been in the past. Um, as far as college football goes, you know, I went to South Carolina and, um, you know, that game was really, that game against Georgia was really a microcosm of the uh, South Carolina um, football experience. You know, we, we played well in the first half. It was, what, 14-3 at halftime, right? Um, and, you know, they, they showed a clip of uh, – Shane Beamer talking about how, you know, the Bulldogs, one thing they really excel at is the ability to make adjustments. And I think they, you know, um, you could really see that in the second half because the offense didn't look anywhere near as crisp as it did in the first half. And you could really see the difference in the athletes on the field on the Georgia side versus the South Carolina side. Um, No excuses. You know, Bulldogs, you know, they came back, played a great game and, um, you know, Kirby Smart is a is an excellent coach. Um, but just looking forward to chopping it up about, you know, football in general. Um, hoping my teams can can turn it around and make it a make the conversations a bit more fun for me. But just looking forward to talking to these two gentlemen. <laughs> you'll you'll have you'll have fun talking about the only quarterback to throw for seven for four thousand yards in the last seven years. Don't worry about it. Kirk Cousins is a is a fantasy football quarterback. He's a better he's fantasy a, football quarterback than he is a real quarterback. Um, um no, he's but. not. As a person, who drafted, <laughs> as a person who drafted him, uh, I will disagree. Hey, KB, I know you got to go. I got one last question because uh, so, that'd be remiss if um if I don't bring this up. Um, we were all in our playback channel. You guys already know playback.tv backslash PGM Fan Cave. We watched Colorado State versus Colorado at Colorado in Boulder. Uh, look, Colorado, they're now 3-0 and under Coach Prime. Um, Shador really stepped up. Um, hey, shout out to Travis Hunter. Um, hope you uh, – yeah, hey, we want you back soon. We want you healthy. Uh, that was a fucking cheap shot. Are there any updates? Uh, only thing Coach Prime said that he'll be out multiple weeks. Yeah, uh, I think it might have been a, um, the way he got hit. It looked like it was a rib cage, so it could have been a cracked rib to puncture lung. So um, yeah, because yeah, if anything, he played. I give it to him. He took that hit like a champ, came back in and played. But 
obviously he wasn't good enough to go for the rest of the game, so he probably had trouble breathing after that. So, yeah, that multiple weeks, that's definitely – yeah, very cheap. Hey, hey, but look, Colorado is the – look, Colorado is the team of black America. All right, look, <laughs> last last night they had oh, offset. Um, um, Dwayne The Rock. Kyle, the Rock was there. Kyle Lowry. Um, Chauncey Back Billups together. was there. Yeah. Um, you know, like folks, folks Key. are. Uh, oh, Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, Wheezy was there. Lil Tune. Uh, folks, uh, Shannon Sharp was there. Stephen A. Smith was there. Key Glock. Um, look, I'm look. Oh, Key Glock. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. <laughs> sure. He performed, he performed in their locker room, and he was yeah. saying oh, my. a lot of words that I'm, I'm sure his parents exactly. love him. Sure, his parents love him. Um, look, it's to the point that, uh, I think, look, by before, but then three weeks, we keep, uh, we keep winning. And I'm saying we, Obama's going to show up. Jordan's going to show up. Like, like the level of black, the level of black greatness. Look, Denzel will be at that USC game. Like it's, it keeps elevating like week by week. Like, you know, Hove's going to look, Hove is going to show up. Like it's just like I think eventually we might get Morgan Freeman. Uh, what's no, another notable black? Morgan um, Yo, <laughs> let's slow man. down. Let's, let's slow down. OJ. You get James uh, Earl Jones up there too. Oh my god! Not, not Cosby. Not. Oh wow! Like week by week, it's gonna just keep. It's just yeah. gonna keep creeping up week by week. Hey, the hey, level hey, of black excellence. So, so Zen, are you saying that you're gonna have they're gonna have celebrities show up to the, that Oregon and USC game because those that, those are the real games to show up to? Okay, so I'm saying Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, like we like, I think Jordan's gonna show up at least at least Mar- a, a at least Larsa a, like at least someone from the Jordan family. Oh will my be, gosh! <laughs> someone from the Jordan so family wrong. will be at the Oregon game. All right, at oh least Larsa. But like, look, so that they're, they're, game, gonna, look. they're gonna lose their next two games. So, oh my god, what? Well, they're losing, losing the next two games. What's, okay, what's the next game? Oregon, right? Oregon, Oregon, yeah. and then USC. Okay, no, so no, look. Oregon, and then yeah, yeah another Southern team. Cal. Southern, no, Cal. Southern okay. Cal. My bad, it, Southern it, California. It, okay, so next week, right? If Trojan. let's just say they let's just say they get past Oregon, count my mm-hmm. words. For okay. if if we're undefeated going into USC, Hove is showing up. Denzel is showing up. Uh, Reggie Bush is showing up. For who? For for Colorado. Beyonce will show up. Beyonce Ooh. will show up. For who? For for, for Colorado. For Colorado. Colorado. Come on, it's the team of Black America. <laughs> Come on, hey, last hey, you know, hey, hey. What what were you what were you saying? What were you saying last night when uh when or, when uh Colorado was down, you race trader? What were you they were, saying? They were supposed to lose that. Oh, we game, I'm, I'm, that game that I so I'm on the East Coast, so uh by the time that game ended, it was three o'clock in the You went playoff, you guys were struggling. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. It was a rough night for me. Yo, That's I cold. How do you think Colorado is going to finish the season? I a bowl game. I think they may win two more games, and that's it. 
the entire season? No, not the entire season. I think they're going to make a bowl game. They'll do pretty well to make a bowl game. That's what I think. So yeah. these, two, these two games that they're about to play is going to derail their season. <laughs> Look, uh, I have nothing to say on Colorado. I'm glad what Prime's doing. I'm glad that that is the Black America team. Uh, but like I said, playing against real legit teams that are actually ranked in national in the national. Don't worry, we'll break this down to cover three just to get more real. But we got a fan of Colorado, so go go Buffalo, go Buffaloes. There you go. Whatever. Absolutely. There you go, Zen. Look, look, real quick. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Florida State Seminole. Deion Sanders is a guy who does not play Florida State anymore. So I will not root for him to be successful in college football as a coach. And so in other words, people, he, he also, watches. He also came out today and was asked the question, who's the best college football coach? And he said he, he gives his praises to Nick Saban, but he's the best college coach. Damn. What? Oh, never and, mind. Never mind. Like I hey, said, I'll, I'll cover it later. Called himself the best college football coach. Okay. okay. Hey, hey. It's hard. Hey, it's it's one thing to call yourself the best college football coach when you're 18th in the nation. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. He's 19th. They're, I think they dropped one. Oh, they dropped. oh, my bad. They went they they went down. That that, that hurts yeah. you. They went they, down. My bad. They went down. They went down. Look, they hey, he's the best. The what? He's the Oregon. Best. I'm looking at the schedule. Oregon. Okay. USC, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. Um, look, they only won one game last year. He's uh, he's so they're at three. They can they can easily make a, a bowl game this year. Yeah, I think they'll make oh. a bowl game. So yeah, tell me, tell me the wins there. All right, let me check. Let me check the win. I'm looking at this. Um, I'm gonna say I can't give you the exact win, but I'll say this. I'm gonna no. This hear me out. USC and Oregon. I think they split. I think they split. I don't know which one they're gonna lose, but I think they'll split. Um, they'll split what? They'll split those two split games. Those two games. You said the Oregon and USC game. I yeah, think he doesn't. Split. He doesn't think they'll lose. They'll lose both of those. Zen? No. Yeah. Are you sure you want to say that on this recording space? On this recording? Yeah, I think they'll split. Okay. I'm saying it okay. right now. They'll split. Now. Hey, we're we're. Will, this is gonna be a playback, right? This is gonna be a playback, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're. Hey. Okay. Hey, we're, hey, we're, we're gonna be there, right? Hey, we here. We love sure. black people. We're watching okay. all of the uh, Colorado um, games uh, in playback, so make sure you. We join love us. black people. <laughs> we love black people. Now, right. um, let's see. I think they'll beat Arizona State. So, yeah. so what? They're three and zero now. So let's say they split the USC and uh, Colorado. So that puts them at one. four and one. Mm-hmm. Arizona State, I say, is a win. That's five and one. Stanford, I'm going to say, is a win. That's six, six and one. one. UCLA, UCLA. I'm gonna say that's a win. That's seven and one. Mm. Oregon State, Oregon State. I'm gonna say that's a win. That's eight and one. 
Arizona, say that's a win. That's nine and one. <laughs> Washington's, Washington's, hey, Washington State. Washington State, that's 10 and – look, I'm going 11 and one because, look, you, that last game in Utah. Now, look, that last game in Utah, they cannot lose that game. That's Black America versus, like, Clear America. So we can, we cannot lose to Utah. That is setting the whole rate. Look, so I'm, you, you know, nine and two. I'm going nine and two. Maybe they might lose to UC. I'm saying nine and two. I think they got. Oh. I think they got <laughs> three to five losses, like potentially in their schedule for the rest of the year. Because then the way you're talking about it, man, you're making it seem like they're about to make the college playoffs, and that's, I'm not trying to be delusional. Yeah, but I don't think that's happening. That would be incredible if they make the the college football playoff in his first year there. Not to say that it can't. Not to say that it's impossible, but. Yeah. Their schedule, I was, I, I really didn't, I hadn't looked at their schedule. Their schedule is kind of tough because all, all their they play. Opponents- look, they play no, they play no SEC teams. Okay, That's so correct, even yeah. if they, even if they go ten and one, I don't see them being a top four team. I don't see them being a top four team. Uh, they're going to be like on that outer skirt, um, because of the strength of schedule. But I'm gonna. I'm saying nine and two at worst. I'm going nine and, nine two. and two. I might be disappointed. Okay. I might, I might I be disappointed, but look, even if let's say they lose five, that that puts them at what six and five. That puts them eligible for a bowl game. I don't think they're going to lose five. I say nine and two. I say nine and two. Hey, playoff! Uh, when we doing this? When, when we doing cover three <laughs> again? Because I'm about to go, <laughs> boys. In the first thing, though, the, yeah, the first and probably main topic is going to be Colorado's breakdown schedule of college football. Because I don't think you understand the magnitude of them struggling against against Colorado yeah, State. Yeah, we believe. Do you not understand it? We oh, okay. believe. You believe. Hey, we believe. And also, Tony, make sure you edit this. Uh, we coming. <laughs> yeah, add a siren, pause, hey, pause, Tony, pause. clip that. Clip that. Yeah, yeah. Clip 50, that. 58 minutes. Tony, we coming. Hey, <laughs> so. playoff. When they lose to Oregon and USC, we going to hashtag that after this, with the score next to it. We coming? Yep. <laughs> yep. Zid, bro, you, you shooting yourself in the foot. I'm just trying to tell you, man. Hey, hey, this I, is, I hey. love Colorado, man. I love what they're doing, but we got to get out of this dream fantasy land. Like, they actually competing against some good athletes. They, they, I don't think they see actual athletes until they play USC's defensive line or Oregon's defensive line. <laughs> like, come on. Like, we, we got to stop. That, that, Oregon, that Oregon game is going to tell us a lot. About who they are. Hey, you think, hey, Bo, if Bo Nixon come out with with mad numbers, four hundred passing yards and five TDs, you'll wonder why. You will yeah. wonder why. Hey, so, I'm just gonna what? So the the only two games they'll win for the rest of the year is going to be um, Stanford and Arizona. Oh, he went. Uh, he was going through the schedule for you. There you go. Yeah, Arizona State because they're on the road. Um, Oregon State is the 14th ranked team in the country. Uh, UCLA also is on the road, and they are 26, 22 ranked. 
They're going to lose to Washington State again on the road. <laughs> and then uh, Utah is a way better team than them. So No, we got to win that game off of principle. That's that's sorry, man. Look, that's us going against the Mormons. We 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 can't. We got to win. Look, look. So, look, this is a team. A, a we team, have nothing against uh, Mormons. Nothing. That's, a team, that's a team in Utah that beat the Florida Gators in week one. So, let's stop that. Hey, <sighs> look. It's, look, here's the thing. You guys got to understand, all right? We don't really – Black America, we've been taking some hits lately, okay? Hip-hop ain't the same. Uh, there's no more Cosby show. Um, that we lost, we lost basketball to international, all right. So, I, you, oh, trying to, you, trying to mix, you trying to mix black America in the sports, like, um, there's so many, ex, like, probably, probably most of the, the best athletes are black, so we kind of got right? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, NBA standpoint, like, the best players aren't from this country, the top two or three players are not from this country. So like we taking some hits like we you know like so well we, so we, this bro, we hold the hey, Colorado Colorado again and what makes it worse it was a cheap shot but them losing Travis Hunter it goes from them, it goes from them being close maybe they could pull an upset against Oregon to now they're probably gonna get blown out. Uh and then he's probably not gonna play the next week either because this is a multiple week thing. Um, and then, like I'm saying, by the time that happens, they're going to be unranked. Um, they probably still will play for him, but it's not going to be the same thing because they don't have that carrot at the end of the season to go get. They're not going to play for a Pac-12 championship. It's 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 going to be pretty much over for them. So maybe next year um, he gets a couple recruits in. Um, I'm pretty sure Shador is gone. You are you looking forward to next year? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just staying this year. <laughs> yeah, there's no this this year's um, over. Let's just oh, let's just right. stay in this year. Like 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 Zen said, they're gonna go eleven and what? Zen eleven and one. Eleven one. No no nine and two. I'm going nine and two. This for black nine and two. Oh, okay. We hey we will be back after three weeks of this and let's see. All right. Well, I will be a guest on. I'll be a guest on cover three in three weeks. <laughs> And uh, yes. and you and you guys could welcome me, but uh, but look, we got a dope conversation coming up with Miss Peacher Reno. Peacher Reno, um, wonder if she's from Georgia. But anyway, we uh, we have we're gonna have a dope conversation about Hollywood. After the break, and yeah, we will catch you after the break, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, look, that football talk. Um, look, cover three is going to be some good shit. But uh, but yeah, we're moving on. As we said earlier, the title for this podcast is Hardwood to Hollywood. Um, you know, talking about the parallels between the NBA, sports in general, and film. So, you know, figure out uh, some of the, our talk about or some of our great favorite um, sports films ever. There's a whole bunch of them. 
Uh, we can also talk uh, about why, um, you know, LeBron's reboot of House Party is a travesty to humankind. But we'll get that into a little bit. We got a very special guest, Miss Peterino from What We Watch. She is someone I've been following um, on Twitter for a while. She hosts, she has a dope website and she hosts some amazing spaces um, about what we're watching. And I'll be honest, folks, you know, we end every podcast um, talking about what we're watching. Um, I stole that from her. Um, hey, I, I have no, uh, you think I'm a fucking original? No. <laughs> Remix. But Miss Pichorino, how are you? Thank you for joining Meeting of the Gold Mines. Uh, and you have been traveling all day. So thank you so much for joining us. How are you? You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, I, I definitely own what we watch in that way, but I'm excited to know that you guys are talking about because that's, you know, that's what I'm here to do. So very excited to be on the show and bridge my worlds of sports and film. So let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, there's some things I need to uh, talk to you about. Um, and we're going to like later, like I'm going to get into Game of Thrones later um, oh. towards the end of the conversation. I'm just starting to watch it for the very first time. I'm at the end of season six. I never... Ten years ago, my ex at the my person I was with at the time was like, mm-hmm. "You got to watch the show." I tried to get through the first episode three times. I couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm watching Game of Thrones. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this later. I just want to say real quick, Jon Snow overrated. Uh, but look, we're we're we'll get there. But so, you know, purple and gold mines. We we're Laker fans. Uh, who are you rooting for in the NBA? So this is a sticky subject Um, only because, you know, we all have our rules and you know how the internet is, you know, flip flopping teams and stuff is not cool, but here's the thing. I support black players. um, And there's one player that I didn't support, not on a personal level. Great man is is on a personal level, but when Russell Westbrook signed to the Lakers, I was like, no, you're not about to join my team and go 18% from the field. Like we're just not doing that. So I've been a Lakers fan basically my whole life. Um, but, uh, you know, I set boundaries to protect my emotional space. And so, you know, I made, I made some adjustments after that first season that, uh, Russell was there uh, again, no offense to him personally, but I just, you know, very parasitic to that team at that time, as you guys saw. Um, so I'm a heat fan. I've been, uh, accepted into the space. Uh, I have a very viral tweet. You will see lots of heat players follow me. I am a heat fan. I'm part of the family. So. Damn, dressed right out the gate. Just Westbrook just gone astray. <laughs> you know he's no longer on the team. I know, but that's when I set that boundary. Anyway, so I said I would come back after he left, and then it's like as soon as I said that he he you know, he's out of here. But uh, I'm a Heat fan. Well, you know, there's a two year you like it, that's a two year period. You can't just like flip flop. That's like a two year right. wait. And I'm okay with that. I, I said I'm a Heat fan. So it, going into this season, I'm an NBA Heat fan, Miami Heat fan. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in flip-flopping right now. But I'm always – Lakers have my heart. You so. know, from a, hopefully your boy Jimmy Butler doesn't let Shakira down. <laughs> but – 
you know, it seems a few people have been letting Shakira down lately, but um, yes. yeah, Shakira will be will be okay either way. I'm just yes. I love the Heat team. Can we just like talk ball? Like it's a great it's a great team. Uh, we have a very good team. We have guys that are that have heart that play consistently. Um, great coaching. So I mean, I'm excited for it. See so you guys getting Dame. Yeah, I'm very excited. You, get you got you. So you you feel that you guys are getting Dame? Um, probably. If not, I mean it's okay. But Dame Dame Dallas is is that guy. So I think he's way. going to Philly. I think he's I think he's going to I think he's going to Philly, or maybe Houston for a lot of bullshit going on in Houston that we don't condone. But I one of those two teams. I just I don't know. For personal reasons, I would love for him to go to Houston. That'd be amazing. Just so I could have a really fun time this season. Hey, Houston is a special place. No, no, Houston's not special. Rockets, you Houston Rockets, all Houston sports, not for me. If any of my friends are watching or listening to this, they'll have an issue with me. Wow, another stray. Um, all right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, no, you know, it's gonna be a great NBA season. Um, and you know, one thing about the NBA, and I, I going into this conversation, I think the NBA has like really become like the best soap opera in all of television because of the amazing storylines we got last season we had lebron's um you know going after the scoring the all-time scoring title we then we then from the laker point of view we had you know the the russell westbrook saga at the beginning uh then we have to deal with anthony davis you know is he healthy um you know now in the, even in the off season, the off season is so entertaining, league wide. Um, from is Dame, where's Dame gonna go? What's up with James Harden? Chris Paul to the Lakers. I mean to the Warriors. Excuse me. No, no, no. We not want him on the Lakers. Chris Paul to the Warriors. Um, that like the NBA is Hollywood, straight up. Um, but with what's going on in Hollywood, I really want to start off with the elephant in the room um, since what May, the right, the WGA has been on a strike. Um, and then middle of July, the, um, the actors, um, screen actors with SAFTA um, joined as well. What's, what's going on with Hollywood? Um, what's going on with the strike? Who's right. Who's in the right. Who's in the wrong. <laughs> So first, I want to affirm you. Uh, Ava DuVernay made a comment about the NBA, very similar to what you just said. I don't know if you saw, uh, but she, you know, celebrated the NBA as um, a filmmaking kind of like feat. Like, you know, you get um, when you're when you're watching these games, right? You feel like it's like you said a soap opera, a drama. You feel like even in the off season that you're getting these these character stories, right? Effectively, if you don't know them, they're characters to you. And what's really cool about the way that the NBA is filmed is that you get in to see their faces. So you see their emotions right after they dunk, during their dunk, after their team just, you know, won a buzzer beater, after their team is like, you know, game three, like what is what does it matter, game seven. So, you, you know, the camera focuses in, right? Because there's just 10 people on the court. So you really get a really intimate kind of television moment and you get these characters emotions these players emotions so um you're very right about that now um i don't know if i would call it an elephant in the room but i mean i mean maybe maybe it is in in this room but uh the strike and i'm not an 
expert by any means. I think um, every time people ask me about, you know, my perspective and my understanding, I feel like we all kind of have the same baseline understanding and perspective and hopes and optimisms, but um, we're all just as concerned, confused and, and hopeful as everyone else. I mean, the bottom line is there have been significant changes in the economy as a whole and Hollywood operates in the economy. And I think people forget that Hollywood is a business. This is an industry, uh, meaning people have jobs, you know, so while things may be glamorous and look glamorous from a writer's actor's perspective, perspective, even a director's perspective, uh, these people are working, you know, this is their livelihood. This is our livelihood. So, um, writers are in a peculiar kind of way, because since we're not in front of the camera, a lot of people that aren't close to the art don't understand like our contribution, which is everything, right? There is no show without a writer. And I'm talking about like any show. There's, there's nothing without your screenwriters. I and mean, maybe you, not, you can't name your screenwriter of your favorite film or your director, but they're the ones that are attached to the show um, or, to, or to the movie, but the actors is who you see. So the idea here is that, you know, People want a livable wage. It's not any different from your nine to five when you're like, hey, should, I, I have two or three degrees. Should I be getting paid this little bit amount or should I be, you know, asking for a raise? And so think of the strike as, you know, asking for a tiny raise, but, you know, in a union, of course. Right. We know how that works. I won't get into that. So it, it's it's difficult having the conversation because it, it seems very simple, but it's so complex because these studios um, want to maintain, you know, the bottom line and make sure that their profits are as high as they can be. But what does a studio mean? Their studios are run by these executives and all, you know, all of the studios you're, you have, you're subscribed to at least some of those streaming services. So you know who those people are. And we just can't come to an agreement to pay writers, you know, what they deserve to be, to be paid, whatever they feel they deserve to be paid. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of, like, I, you know, in addition to what um, what we're doing here with uh, Purple and Gold Mines and our platform and everything, I am uh, pursuing um, screenwriting. Um, something that's a passion of mine. Um, absolutely, absolutely love it. I always pay attention to the writers that's, um, you know, that's creating, you know, writing the content that I'm consuming and enjoying. And I was just listening to, okay, so I know I'm going to get a couple people to laugh at, that's going to laugh at me when I say this, but so I am a huge fan of One Tree Hill. Okay. Well, yeah. Twins. 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 Hey. Nailey. Nailey. Best freaking show ever. What? Yes. Always and forever. Now, I was so, I listened to, I listened to, um, the drama queens uh, podcast. And one of the reasons why I listen to it is because, you know, they talk about their experiences on set. They talk about, you know, um, just the show itself, but also a lot of the stuff that they have gone through in Hollywood. And I think for me, it has made me a better writer because just being mindful of when I'm, how, when I'm writing women characters I'm keep I'm mindful of certain things. So it's like it's not coming from a place of weakness or desperation or lack of intelligence and all of that. But the reason why I brought up that podcast is a few episodes ago they had um Antoine uh Tanner on. And he's the guy that played skills and he was saying that you know one of the things that 
they're they're fighting for is literally like point i think like 0.4% of the the profits from the streaming platforms mm-hmm. and that's like you know that's just like that's what we're pretty much asking for and um and when you look at it from that percentage it's just like really you know and the hollywood strike is just crazy right now cuz what is it about a year ago Warner Brothers Discovery wrote off the whole Batman, the Batgirl movie, just wrote it off. I said, hey, no, no, we're just, just going to use this as a tax write-off. And it's like these studios are getting record profits. It's just something's not adding up. How can the studios be getting record profits, but then you're having disputes with the folk, folks that you're supposed to be paying? Um I just hope it's something that gets worked out soon. Uh, I think it's the strike is something that's necessary, especially from the lack of transparency that's with the data, the the metadata for um, for these streaming services. Um, so I think it's a more of it's a it's a generational thing. As the technology change, you're gonna you know the studio's been getting away with murder for the, for the longest time, and um, you know so. We will see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, it ends soon because there's so many shows that should be premiering in the next, like now or within the next few weeks, and they're not. So, but a livable wage, a living wage, is a living wage, and mm-hmm. uh, it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah, and I you think, know, what, I think yeah. humanizing television is important too, which is a, a big thing that I try to emphasize in what we watch. Bridging the art with the industry is very difficult. Being a creative, people you know don't understand like you're still a human being, and so it's not just the shows, right? It's the artists behind the shows. These shows don't just miraculously appear, right? Mm-hmm. AI or not, these shows don't miraculously appear. So it's the humans behind these shows that um, need a livable wage that you continue to watch them. So yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, we have to protect. We have to protect art. We have to protect art. We have to protect the artists. Um, you know, I think when I was uh, thinking about this conversation, right, looking at the bridge between the NBA and uh, film, you know, one of the things that you alluded to is just like with basketball, you see the facial expressions. You know, um, you see, you know, just the drama right in front of you and you know unlike football and baseball where they're wearing helmets you actually get this the basketball players are more visible than like any other team sport and you know you can go back and you can go back and look at kareem in um you know kareem was the bruce lee movie game of death um yeah, I believe it's game of death. Um, you know, I I always say that Shaq, Shaq had to walk in steel so Robert Downing Jr. could fly in Iron Man. Just saying, just saying. But um, yeah, go ahead. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. It's true. But um, you know, there's a winning time. You know, we as we're recording this. It's just been announced that winning time um, will not be renewed for a third season, which is a shame. Um, it is such a great show. And it's not if you're you don't even need to be a Lakers fan like um, if you're a fan of history, 
if you're a fan of sports in general, if you're just a fan of entertainment, really seeing how the 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 strings are pulled behind the scenes, how the um, you know food is made in the kitchen, it's a great show. It is a shame that it's getting not getting renewed. Um, I'm pissed off about it. But um, let me ask you, Miss Peacherino, what makes a good sports film? What makes a good sports film? That's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's just, I mean, under sports, there's so many subgenres, right? But I think what makes a good sports film is one that doesn't shy away from the romance um, of whatever athlete, family story we're telling. Um, it's important for us to understand the relationships that these uh, athletes that play the sports build. And so I think that's what makes a good sports film. King, what's some of your what's some of your favorite favorite sports films? Um, the, so first, like the the thing that I think makes a good film um, is the authenticity. So it has to be authentic, meaning that those are the those are when you want to get those actors who either had background in the sport, like when they were in high school or college. Um, or they're kind of like those method actors where they kind of dive all into uh, the sport that they're going to play. So those are the guys that like get the training from the football player or the coach or the wide receiver coach from the team in their town, just because they want to be able to make the catches or have the expressions or do the toe tap if they're a receiver, uh, running back, be able to express the way that they land or they fall. So I think it's I think it has a lot to do with authenticity. Um, one of my favorite, um, my favorite movies, I, I can't remember it right now. It's the, uh, any given Sunday. That's probably one of my favorite movies because you can kind of look at those, those actors, Jamie Foxx, uh, LL Cool J, they kind of look the part of a football player. And you can tell that those guys actually did either play in college or high school, or they got some kind of training from professional athletes or coach or trainer. So I think that's the keys. And that's probably one of, I mean, if you go like to my younger days, it's like probably like Little Giants or Sandlot or one of those movies. Um, those are like the the, the nostalgia movies, the, the childhood movies. But the one that I, re- ones that I remember is like Any Given Sunday, uh, Remember the Titans, movies like that. Well, I think, and Remember the Titans is definitely my number one when it comes to sports films. Uh, there's so many subcategories because you have, you know, you have the the underdog story. Then you have the more family friendly, adult oriented, like a, any given Sunday. Oliver Stone was in his bag with any, any given Sunday. Uh, Al Pacino, that such a dope, dope movie. Right. Um Ms. Pietrino, let me ask a quick question. Yeah. Is does Jerry Maguire count as a sports movie? It's not not a sports movie. Like, yeah, not a that was more like the sports agent side, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's still sports, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's not not a sports movie. 
I mean, what we watch has a pillar that every movie is a romance. And so people are still warming up to that idea because the word romance triggers everyone. But it is. And so, you know, some of my favorites, I can give you some newer ones. Go um, ahead. 42 and Air, right? But why were those such great fucking movies, right? 42 was also about the relationship that he had with, you know, his his Absolutely. partner. Air yeah. was about the relationship he had with his mother and the relationship his mother had with his agents and the relationship he had with basketball, you know. But then you also get the genre of comedies, like, um, is it The Longest Yard? I mean, Adam Sandler in sports, I love it. I mean, it's just it's just a good time. You know, um, Bad News Bears is hilarious. Um, but yeah, you have your classic Original or remake? Uh, both. I loved both. <laughs> I watched them both uh, the same day, actually. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Bad News Bears, right? Yeah. I'm a, you know, it's I got to give it to the remake. Uh, Billy it. Bob. He's great. The, the kid in the wheelchair made the difference for me. The kid <laughs> in the wheelchair. But like, you know, and I think King is your name. Sandlot is, I mean, Sandlot has my heart forever. And right, forever. I love that movie. But, you know, even like King Richard, right? You know, the blind side, very, very you know, the hoopla around that. But I mean, you know, before we knew all of this, which I think is still independent of the film, it's one uh, of it the great, great one of the great fiction movies of all time. Exactly. But the relationship, right, is what we remember. Like, oh man, like, oh, they really took this guy. So that's where I come from with that. But you know, just like on a base level too, like I Tanya is incredible. Margot Robbie is my birthday twin and my girl forever. Um, so yeah, so those are some of mine, not your typical, but yeah. Uh Okay, let me ask you. Oh, what was the, the baseball? I can't remember the baseball movie. Um, Hardball? Hardball? Is it that one? No, it's an older one. It's with Keanu? Older. What's the older one? Uh, not Keanu. It's with the guy from um, Two and a Half Men. I can't remember his name. Oh, um, Major League. Major League, yeah. Major League. That's it. That, that's yeah. okay. that that like the 80s, right? Yeah, major league. Yeah, major league yeah, was like I, late eighties, and then they yeah, had a sequel in like early nineties. Eighty, eighty eight. Yeah, eighty yeah, nine. Yeah, eighty eight. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, no, hardball. Hardball is dope. Hardball is dope as well with uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, um, all right, let's see. What athlete would make a good biopic? Like, what if you had to pick an athlete and? Who would you uh you want to see their life story? Who are you picking? Rajon Rondo. What? Ooh, Please, I, I need to hear this. Rajon Rondo, my guy. Uh, my dog's named after him. Uh, first of all, uh, Rondo, y'all sleep on Rondo. Rondo is one of the most intellectually high IQ basketball players we've seen. He's the East to West Coast bicoastal uh, championship. Uh, help both teams get it. Lakers, one of them, as you know, uh, you're welcome. And uh, the Celtics. And I mean, he is just such a polarizing, he has such an interesting like world and life outside of basketball that he's simultaneously private about, but also you get like some headlines every now and then. I think it'd be a great film. And obviously I'm biased because he's one of my favorites, but he is one of my favorite point guards all time. King, who you want to see a biopic for? Oh man, there's so many athletes out there. The easy pick, of course, is LeBron. Um, uh, I, think, I think they've had like uh, 
hundreds on Kobe. Um, it's I'm just so biased to my own teams though. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, it. To I, need me, a, I, need a, I need a sleeper pick. Give me like a don't don't give me a. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to think because there is so many. Like I'm usually like the I'm the the fan fan where I know like the roster of like the 45th man on the the football team. And like I pay attention to their stories as well. So, but I, it's been so it's been so many players that I've seen. Um, but if you're if you're looking at like the stars, I, I have to lean with like a LeBron. Like I just want to because there's so many stories. I want to, but I want to see it from like him and his family and his friends' perspective, not from the people from the outside. I want to hear them talk about his upbringing. Uh, because there's been so many stories about how he grew up without a father and his uncles and stuff was like father figures and they kind of kept him away from where he could have went. Um, and his mother, of course, had the drug problem and stuff like that. So I want to see like that that perspective, not where the writers and everybody is is getting the information and they're narrating it. No, I want to hear um, guys like um, like Maverick Carter and Randy Mims talk about that. And then they get his mom and she talks about it. Like, that's what I want to hear. And, like his yeah. uncle. and that's what I was saying about what makes really good sports films earlier is those relationships. Like, that's what you want to see. Right. So, Ab- absolutely. I, for me, I would have to, right, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you one in a second. Let me think. About look, it. I'll, look, I'll say this for me. It would be Allen Iverson. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I, because Allen, you know, AI was the first person who really like embraced like hip hop and brought it to the NBA. And I'm not just talking about, you know, just from a music tip, but from fashion, just the imagery. Um, I think the fact that, you know, of his size, he was always the underdog. Um, He was unapologetic. Um, He went through the thing when he was in high school that, he ended up in jail, uh, the incident at the bowling alley, uh, for him to play under, um, the late great John Thompson at Georgetown, um, crossover on Jordan, um, all of the marketing, um, you know, even in his personal life, he, it was, it wasn't always pretty and, but it was all, but it was always real and authentic. So for me, it would be Allen Iverson because I would want to see just how that bridge between just like hip hop and NBA, like that marriage started, which is still going on strong, you know, 26 years later. So if for me, it'd definitely be um, Allen Iverson with LeBron. Yeah, you know, you could he's he's. You know, he has um loves the show on Showtime. Uh there's already been some stuff that's loosely based on LeBron. He's a easy uh, he also he's you know, he's an easy no choice. No matter what, you're gonna get the docs, the biopics, the the TV shows uh, with LeBron over the next ten to twenty years. Done deal, sold. Yeah. Like it's happening. But I love your yeah. I love Alan Iverson. Uh extremely like the cultural impact that AI has is is huge. Fashion, music sports all of it just i mean phenomenal i mean i have the questions and the answers my damn self so i mean he yes i love that answer. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, he's probably he probably had the in, especially well, at least in my generation, he had the biggest impact as far as I like, crossover. He brought basically hip hop and the whole culture into the NBA. Like that was all him, and then everybody just kind of followed behind him. And okay, so here here's a name, and and I don't know because I'm a Vikings fan. Um, Randy Moss. Randy Moss is he'll be he'll be a guy that does he when you look at him, he looks like um he's he's a country kid. Like if you hear him talk, if you see how he lives, um, because I've seen like a couple of they all, always do like little backstories when they're playing and it goes back to their hometown and stuff. He's a he's a country kid, a uh, farm boy. Like he that's that's how he is. A lot of these great athletes, and he was probably one of the probably one of the most like like the way you look at Giannis and call him the Greek freak. They used to call him Super Freak when he played because the guy was six foot five and ran a four three. Like I've seen him play and um catch like a just a, a, a two-yard pass where he just stepped forward, catch the ball, and just ran straight down the sideline past everybody at six foot five. So he can jump over you, he can run by you, run over you, everything. So he'll be a guy that I want to see like a full fight make about. Are so, we not just doing NBA? Are we doing an any sport now? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's what, what did, did you say athlete or was it really just NBA? no? Yeah, I think you did say like sports or athlete, but well, I didn't, what I, Jimmy yeah. Butler? We're getting this in the chat right now. Jimmy Butler, you think I, he will make a good pick? Biopic, absolutely. He's yeah. I mean he's great on our like you know soap opera of NBA. Just when you when you talk to him, when you interview him, when he's in the game, absolutely. I would need I would need to see. I would need to see a long ass scene from that infamous practice when he got all the when he was with the Timberwolves, got all the backups, and just whooped Carl Anthony Towns' ass. Yeah, I would Jeff, need to see that. Jeff T talked about it. Jeff Jeff T, I think he kind of told the story about it, where he said basically how it went. Where he did that, he came in late. Nobody knew he was coming. He showed up. Uh, the coach kept on telling him to do stuff, and he was like, no. It was like, okay, the ones and the twos are playing. Jimmy was like, no, give me all of the twos on my team and I want to play against them. They whooped their ass and he just left. I he think, I, think I believe he had his watch. That, that could be I a whole thing I'll watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. What are, uh, okay, so let me ask you this. There's a, this, this whole thing, this never-ending conversation about the GOAT debate between LeBron and MJ. So I want to ask you, who had the better Space Jam? <laughs> I love that. Well, here's the thing. Let me answer this. I have no problem to answer. It's it's Michael Jordan, but um, there's a lot of uh, nostalgia. There's a lot of you know you get you get it's easy. The the second. Um, you know, installment of a film is always very difficult, even the third and fourth. Uh, shout out to Christopher Nolan for the Batman uh, trilogy, though. Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Space Jam as this new concept when I'm, you know, I'm not going to age myself. But I'm a very at a very young age. I watch it again, you know, two, three years later. It's amazing. I watch it again with my family later. I watch it with my boyfriends, anybody. You can watch that, that movie with anybody. 
Um, and so that's always going to have a special place. Now, Space Jam LeBron is in this, you know, it came out in this era where we have like, I watch like 30 movies a week, you know, not that's a lot, but, you know, I watch a ton of movies a week. And so it kind of came and went, didn't have that same cultural impact, that same kind of standing that uh, the original Space Jam did. So Michael Jordan had the better one, but LeBron's was really good fun too. Look, the 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 best part of uh, Space Jam Two was Porky Pig's uh, freestyle. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, I, mean, I didn't I mean, watch the whole movie. I didn't watch the whole the whole Space Jam Two. Really? That I, shit was shit. I saw it in theaters. I, I love. What? I love That's Space not something you should say on a podcast. <laughs> I love. I, just I love I love the first Space Jam. It's that's that can be the only Space Jam to me. Just like I don't know, I I haven't seen the. I think LeBron James has like a remake of House Party. I'm yeah. not watching that. There's no way. No, I'm not gonna no, do no, that. That shit was who's, shit. Who's gonna do Space Jam three though? Is that coming? Is that supposed to? Is that a thing? Who, who, who would it? be? No, no, it's not yet. But that's a great Anthony question. Who? Edwards. Anthony who's Edwards. No. Anthony Edwards seems like he is probably one of the best basketball player athletes. What he did in that um, what was it, the Bo Cruz movie? Can't remember what it's called. With uh, uh, the the movie with Kevin Garnett is it is that the one with Kevin Garnett and Adam Sandler? You're talking about Uncut Gems. Is that it? With uh, I don't know. no, that's not it. No, that's not Anthony Edwards came out in a recent movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. What what is the movie? Look. It's um with Bo Cruz, the basketball player, uh, Hernan Gomez. Where um I think Adam Sandler was in the movie where he was like an agent. He was like a sports murder, murder, murder mystery. Let me find it. No, definitely not. I'm like when I, say, <laughs> when I say the name of it, you guys are gonna be like, wait, Hustle is the name of it. I don't think I watched Hustle, but I know I I, I think I heard about it. I don't, yeah, I don't with Anthony Edwards and and um and his name is Hernan Guancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah, so Anthony Edwards, I mean, he played like a small part in it, uh, but he was just like the antagonist, like uh the guy. Uh, he found out a bunch of information about him, and he was talking I mean, about his kids and stuff. And but LeBron. Anthony Edwards is not following Michael Jordan and LeBron in the Space Jam Three. Who would be? <laughs> the- yeah, but no, so it's just that I think that if you're gonna I'm gonna say Giannis. I'm gonna say Giannis. Okay, I like that answer. I'm gonna say Giannis. I don't I don't so but I don't I don't I'm not sure. Luca Luca? You do like a a European space jam. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I will say this though. Um John Morant would be perfect for the next reboot of John Wick. Okay. Not John Wick five. Hey, hey, John Wick. Let's go. Let's John go. Wick. John Wick. Wow, that is hilarious. Let's go. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, here we go. What NBA player would make the best? This is a two part question. What NBA player would make the best Batman? That's tough. You can go first, King. Uh, 
It depends. Okay, who's directing the Batman movie? Let's go with the GOAT. Christopher Nolan. Okay, so he gets to do another trilogy. Um, he likes the gritty fighter. I'm going... Um, Hmm. Yeah, I have my answer already. Does it have to be a current player? Okay, go ahead, King. You go first. Joel Embiid. Past or present? Joel Embiid. Okay, now, are you counting him as Bruce Wayne as well? Yes. Joel Embiid is so funny to me. Like, when he talks, he's so serious, but unserious at the same time. And I think that's kind of what, what, that will bring a different twist to Batman because Batman to me is kind of uptight and you throw him in there. Like I think he would switch. But Christopher Nolan is not going to give you the, that Batman. Oh, so he's going to want to stick to the script. He's definitely, well, he's going to put his own twist, but he's not going to give you the not uptight Batman. (laughs) Okay. Let me see. Uh, Who's your answer? Go ahead, King. I'll, and I'll no, I said I said MB. Oh, you I'm, said MB. You said MB. What's what's your I'm answer? Gonna, my answer. I'm going J- Jalen Brown. Oh, okay. I'm going Jalen Brown. I'm I'm just I'm going because he he has like a low key, low key demeanor. He's pretty mm-hmm. serious. 100%. I'm gonna say Jalen Brown. And plus, he's already worn the mask when he you know what was it when he uh, fucked up the eye socket. Yeah. Yeah. He, um. Okay. Wait. Hold on, Miss Pizzerina. In general, who's who's the who, in your opinion who's the best Batman? Who's the best uh, Bruce Wayne? Because those are two different things. God, you got my brain going a lot. Let me think. So I can tell you, it's not Robert Pattinson, and that's a whole thing. There, somebody else caught a stray. There you go. Robert no. Pattinson. No, at not, he's not, yeah, I he's it's not. Um, <laughs> the best Batman, because it's not it's not the same Bruce. Wayne. I feel like I know the uh, the best Batman is also the worst Bruce Wayne, which is Christian Bale. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's my Batman. Not my Christian, uh, not my Bruce Wayne. I don't know who my favorite Bruce Wayne is. I think I'd have to go back before Christopher Nolan, which is wild because I rarely go back that far. But I think the best Bruce Wayne is, um, who was it that uh, was in the first um, installment? His name escapes me now. Well, Michael Keaton? Yes, Michael Keaton. Thank you. See, you know, I'm going, here Here comes the blasphemy. I'm, I'm with you, Christian Bale, best Batman. I'm going with Ben Affleck for best Bruce Wayne. I mean, after seeing him in air, I have changed my relationship and my uh, opinion of Ben Affleck quite a bit. So I'm not mad at that. But if you'd asked me before I saw air, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, I, I, I had to Google the Batman because I'm not really a Batman guy, but Will Arnett, uh, what? You yeah, like he's, the, he's the so look. The reason why is he's the he's really the only Batman that I recognize. <laughs> That's it. 
I don't watch all the Batman movies. So the the biggest Batman movie you can think of is the one that I watched, and I think he was in it. That's the only one I recognize. What NBA player would make a great Superman? Clark Kent or Superman? Both. Austin Reeves for Clark Kent. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, guys. I need Dwayne Wade to be in like a film. I know he's out of the league, but I need Dwayne Wade to do like uh, I I need to see him. Okay, so put okay. So what superhero is Dwayne Wade? Dwayne Wade's giving Flash. I would love to see him in Flash. Redo Flash. Give him Flash. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was his that was his NBA moniker. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. But he he could even I feel like he could do it. I feel like he could do something even cooler. Um, but yeah, the, I'm good with the Flash. I need to see Dwayne Wade in something. Superman. I'm going. Um, Dwayne again, Wade I, is Black Panther. I would live for that. Are you kidding? That'd be hilarious. Doesn't he kind of look like Chadwick, though? Kind of, kind of, kind of. Honestly, you see what I'm saying? We need Dwayne Wade in front of the camera. He's great, too. He's always been exciting, you know, and like post-game stuff and inside whatever. Yeah, he's been great. Um, Superman, who, I, who's... I don't know. Give me super, Give me Austin Reeves as Superman in like 10, eight years. I like, I like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is Superman. Hell I can't do no. that. Seriously, no, I can't do no, no, I'm not doing that. We need you need a you need a buff guy that's like not over six three, which is a lot of you know. Oh, he has to be shorter. I mean, like, well, not shorter, but like we're we're talking about Superman here, who's like very nimble, very agile, very like flying across. You get into the six seven, six nine, ten, you know, seven two. You're, it's ridiculous, but you need him like to be really buff too. So you need him like thick, like Kyle Lowry, but like, you know. I got well. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry put on a little bit of muscle. Stephen Curry. Oh yeah, he who's would the, be a great Spider Man. Who's a more buff? I like that. Who's a more buff Steph Curry? I'm thinking. Give me a European. Um, J- 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 what's his name? J- Djokovic. Joker? He's, he's Jokic? Tall. Not Jokic, the other one. Nikola, not, not. Oh, Vucevic. Nikola uh, Vucevic. Vucevic, there you go. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, I got one, got one uh, last sports question before we uh, round this. One last sports question. Then we get, of course, to what we're watching. Um, if you could... If you could direct or you could create uh, a movie, if you can make a movie based upon any sports story, any athlete, any sports events, anything in a sports world in history, what would you, what, what would be that movie? I'm going to allow recency bias to um, prevail here and say Coco Goth. Shout out to Coco. Shout out to Coco. I'd absolutely, as a matter of fact, I think I just spoke that into existence on this podcast. We'll come back to this in 2023. Let's when go. Her show and her movies, y'all will know. 
Let's go. Let's go. Um, I would love to see if it's a biopic or if it's a series. I would love to see a, a story told about the 2006 NBA Finals when the Cavs were down 3-1. So pretty much taking place. So it would be game five, six, and seven. What was going on? For that those those few days, I would love to see that story from you know going down three one, no history, no team in history has done it, and to or you know the game seven itself. I would be interested in that story, that window of time. Um, ESPN, one of their original thirty for thirties, was um, they told a similar story with the Red Sox um, and the Yankees when the Red Sox were down. Um, 03 to the Yankees, and then them going winning the next four games to win the American League championship. And I think you could tell a very, so tell means, a, yeah, story about that. That means you liked Malice at the Palace and Winning Time, correct? Did you like both of those installments? Yes, I absolutely, yes. And that means you'd also probably like maybe if they did the. Nah, that's a little different. Like, what if they made one game an entire movie? That'd be better as a docu-series. But um, sounds like you want, like, the comeback story uh, for the for the, um, the 28 like the comeback and 3. The 28 and 3 game alone. The, those, 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 those Falcons. <laughs> oh, damn. So you're saying from halftime. Oh, man. That's... But, like, you get, like some of the people that have money on the game. You get some of the people that, you know, are getting drafted, like, you know, the next season. Like, you get all of it around it, so it, like, becomes a whole movie. Some of the people that left the game. Right. Speaking of that, my 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 game would be game six, where the Heat were down and Ray Allen hit that shot. <laughs> if you watch the feed, uh, <laughs> half of the people were out wow. the arena. They walked out like the game's over, and then I guess they were seeing it on the side or their phone was alerting them that, oh, the game's went to overtime. They were trying to get back in the arena, and they could okay. not get in. So, I watched that. Yeah. That's Let's get more films that hone in on, like, moments. That Absolutely. or, or I, think you, I think you mentioned it, um, Malice in the Palace. This yeah. It'll be one of those two. That, that, would, that would be interesting. Mouse was great. Be interesting. Oh, Mouse was oh, hilarious. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, no, you know, this has been a fun conversation, and you know, we um, I'll have to send it to you. I'll have to share the tweet with you. But uh, we are producing a documentary, uh, a fan made documentary uh, called "Jobs Not Finished." It's about Kobe Bryant. Um, it's pretty much about Kobe Bryant from the view of his opponents, just about his competitiveness. Um, so, yeah, so that's been kind of putting us in the sports film realm. So I figured that, you know, this would be a great conversation to have with you. But like we stated earlier, we end every podcast talking about what we're watching. So, and I have some thoughts. I have some stuff to say about Game of Thrones. But Miss Pichorino, what are we watching? What are you watching now? Ah, ahead of what we watched, the original, the OG. Um, the OG. 
Ryoji, thank you for having me, by the way. I, uh, I'm actually working with a lot of uh, athletes turned actors now, turned producers. So I've been blessed in my world of uh, screenwriting and producing to uh, be able to do this. So what we watch sports is a segment that I'll uh, be happy to have you guys on and bridging that world between sports and film has really been fun. So thank you for that. Uh, what I'm currently watching though is not anything about sports outside of actual college football. Shout out to the Longhorns. All right. We three, and know, people were walking out of those uh, stadiums because we did win though. So they didn't have to come back in and see nothing. We, we shut it down, but um, I'm watching a lot of Apple TV shows. I'm watching a lot of, um, book to book to on screen that kind of you know okay. realm that world yeah. like that you know what you get when you get adapted screenplays um but things like that especially tv shows so i recently watched the outsider a lot of stephen king to uh, stephen king novels to on screen um i uh, just finished from i guess i'm in this apocalyptic supernatural uh world i'm finishing finish time or winning time finish time i'm finishing winning time i will it is finished yeah, I, but I, I'm two or three episodes behind, so I got to finish that. Um, and then I'm catching up on all my animated films. I'm, I've been lucky enough lately to produce a few um, animated films um, and work on those work on those while the strike is happening, um, without you know being a freaking scab, right? But um, talking to people about how, what they can do uh, for their shows and things like that. So, yeah. That's uh, dope. King, what are we watching? Uh, so you already, you guys already know I'm not a big TV or movie guy, but uh, what I've been tuning in, I've been watching like a, because uh, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a fanatic about like uh, Egypt. I want to go there one day. Um, so I've been watching like little things on the History Channel. Uh, I try to catch it as many as, as much as I can about all the old pharaohs like Ramses and and King Tut and all of them. So that's kind of what I, whenever I get some free time, um, I try to watch those. I try to record them on my DVR uh, just so I can catch up on them. Uh, where they kind of, they kind of explain uh, that the way that they lived back in those times it's pretty similar to how we live now, just without like the technology and all that stuff. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, the way that they they wrote, they had different accounts. Um, they had speaking of a strike. Uh, one of the episodes that I saw, um, it was the one with uh, King Ramses the uh, Third, which I, I believe he was the one that ruled for the longest. I think it was like sixty years he was the pharaoh. Um, but there was a couple of moments where he wasn't paying the workers, the people that work for him. He's a king, but like you still have to kind of pay them. And they went on strike and they said that they're not working. And you would think like back then, he's the king, it's a dictatorship, like just throw all of them into the lines, just kill all of them. But that's not what happened. Like they kind of stayed out of work for a couple of days, they negotiated and bargained, and he ended up paying them. So it's it's when you when you watch that kind of stuff. It kind of shows you that even though it was a different time, uh, most of the concepts are still the same. Like they yeah, live, and they live. We're humans. Our brains, uh, you know, have have not really changed that much outside of just our exposure to technology. And I love that you brought that up because, to the point of the strikes, they're supposed to be disruptive, and they've worked in the past, and that's why you know 
history kind of repeats itself and it becomes very cyclical. Um, the economy changes, things are more expensive. Um, and you guys still want to watch TV shows. TV is not going anywhere ever. I mean, I remember even during the pandemic, they were like, the theaters are not going to exist anymore. And I was just like very firmly it's, that that's not true. It, we will always um, rely on art. So pay the artists. Absolutely. Pay right, the the artists. Pyramid, there's this one, the, the pyramid is, that's still something I, well, those things are massive. And they did not have cranes or any of that stuff. You know, those were just single people that were lifting those boulders, and and they 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 use technology from nowadays, and they show that they basically the way that they built it, and the reason why it lines up a certain way because because what they did is they relied on shadows. So they would plant like they would plant sticks in the ground, and they would see the way that the sun comes off of the stick. And that's the way that they lined up the pyramids to make all three of them. Because if you see them, all three of them are lined up perfectly to the sun. So when the sun sets, it sets straight on, to, on the side of them. So it's fascinating when you... It's when physics. You I love it. Yeah. I'll check that out. I'll definitely <laughs> have to check that out. Um, I have been, what, obviously, uh, I got the f final episode of Winning Time I need to finish. Um, I've been watching um, the newest episodes of uh, Power Book Four. Force. I'm a big Power fanatic, so uh, this is Tommy's show. Um, liking the second season so far. Um, really, his mom is really. I'm glad that they're giving uh, his mom, um, Kate. Um, they're adding more layers to her character, so uh, I've been appreciating that. And the thing that I've been watching, and uh, definitely want to hear your thoughts, Miss Picharino. I've been watching Game of Thrones, and first of all, these white folks are wild. You know, this is the one show that I am happy that there's not too many black folks in. Like, this is the one show that I don't really complain about diversity issues in the casting because I'm like, these guys are animals, but. Don't uh, watch House of the Dragon. Show that I struggle. Okay, so, are you? I'm looking forward to that. So there's a lot of black people in House of the Dragon. Um, that's all I was saying. But uh, and it's great. Okay. Oh no, I, I I did see I did see the casting. I did see like when they had the promotional photos. So I'm looking forward to watching House of Dragons. Uh, but I'm on the end of season six. I know I got two more seasons to go. Um. I love the show. I get it. I I absolutely get it. Um, there's no limits to how crazy this show gets. Now, um, I'm here for Khaleesi. I'm period. here for the Mother of Dragons, period. Period, period. Jon Snow, the way people used to hype up Jon Snow when the show was on, I don't get it. I don't see it. I, like... First of all, a spoiler alert for whoever hasn't watched. It's like you, you pass your statue of limitations. Yeah, I'm just um, saying, I haven't watched we, it. I plan on it. So look, when 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 they betrayed him in the, the when the night watch betrayed him and stabbed him and called him a traitor because he's mm -hmm. like, Yo, you uh you know, you sold us out to the wildlings. I'm like, you know what, you kind of did. All right. And then it's just like, then 
I just finished watching the Battle of the Bastards. Sansa mm. saved him. Okay, Sansa saved him. So I'm just like, maybe, maybe if you're telling me, okay, in season seven, season eight, John, like the justification of Jon Snow is there. I'm saying almost six full seasons in. I think he's overrated. I don't get it. I'm just, I, I find him annoying. Let me tell you something. Please do. Spit, okay? Tell your truth. Speak your truth, King. Let me tell you something. I love when people watch like stuff like this. I'll tell you my little secret show that I haven't seen that the, you know, the owner and founder of what we watch should not say this on record, but I will. Um, but that means you've seen Hard Home, which is one of my favorite episodes. I used to be called Hard Home Mo on Twitter okay. before I became Miss Petrina. So that means you've seen that. And so Jon Snow, I think the hype was because of his attractiveness, which always matters again in the business. Of course. Um, but also because he was a good fighter. Outside of that, I hear you. Honestly. And you're on the right track, is what I'm going to tell you. You're on the right track. When you get to season eight. And I'm, I'm prepared for that disappointment. I have heard from everyone. I'm prepared yeah. for that disappointment. But you're on the right track. Then you know that the mid was selling this whole show. And he ended up being the mid that he is. And that's where we are. So I don't blame you. I also don't blame you for taking a very long time to watch season one. So I joined Game of Thrones during the end of season two, okay. uh, which was probably 2013, 2014, 2013, 2012, 2013. So, um, and it was very difficult to get through that first season. So do not feel bad. But boy, did it turn up after that. And yes, it my favorite seasons are... Uh, three, four, five, and seven. Um, so I'm very excited for you to see okay. seven. Great. It's even better than six to me. But then um, I don't know that there are any other seasons outside of this. So. Yeah. Um, Cersei, she is wild. Um, Love she her. Is wild. She, yeah, so do I. I'm here for Cersei. What? Good. It's good. Because people that don't like Cersei, I don't trust them. Because oh, I love. I'm here for Cersei and Khaleesi. Good. That's, yeah. that's a smart man. It's a wise man right there. Yeah, Jon Snow. I'm just like, eh. um, okay, well, uh, all right. Um, and I, w- I just finished. I, I, I the, you know me too. Out of everyone that died, the the one character that I was really upset that died. What's the what's the uh, big creature today? Was it Woon Woon? Or one one, mm. the big giant, like big abominable snowman. Uh, when he died, when they when they filled him with the arrows, I was just like, ah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh God, what? That's so long. Why don't I, I know this name? It's like one one or yeah, something like that. Right, the, um, the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, big giant abominable snowman. You always see him in every battle. Like thirty feet tall. Um, that yeah, was early. He was, one, wasn't it? No, he was. A, he just died in season six. Yeah, this was later. You're not talking about Giants Bane. That's he's a big guy, but you're talking about like the abnormally. Yeah, that, like he looks like an abominable snowman. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the one character. Um, obviously, Tyrion for seasons one through three, he was just wild, just. Just wild. Uh, Peter, um, 
Peter, it was a Dinklage. Um, yeah, he an did icon. Thing. an icon, icon, He's icon, icon, icon. He has a couple running right now. It's great. Absolutely, absolutely. But look, this has been one great, one hell of a uh, conversation with Miss Peacherino. Um, you guys know the vibes. Please shoot, um, follow us on Twitter, um, YouTube, X, whatever, Threads, IG. We are at Purple Gold Mines. Miss um, Peacherino, we thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. And uh, please. Uh, we'll love to have you back sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Miss Picharino with what we watch. It's WWW film TV on Twitter, X, Instagram, and what we watch.net is our community website. Thank you for uh, visiting. Please follow and support great spaces, great conversations. And you know what you might, uh, will uh, you'll definitely get some new things to add to your watch list. Um, and Hey, we will be back. Join us this upcoming weekend. We will be watching the Oregon and Colorado game, college football on playback. Follow our playbacks. We'll be watching all the Laker games in there. A whole bunch of watch parties. Uh, Playback.tv backslash PGM Fan Cave. I am Born Rebel, a.k.a. Zen. That is my purple and gold mine, brother. Chasing number 18, the Context King. We are ending this episode. We will see you next next week with episode 12 the dirty dozen peace and that's it thank you thank you so much truly appreciate it